0: Join us in Omaha, Nebraska on Saturday, October 7th, 2023, as I'm proud to present the most unique and important paranormal event in the United States this year. Historic Haunted Heartland Part 2, The Spirits Speak. Presented alive on stage at the Benson Theater in the heart of Omaha. The fun starts with renowned saxophonist from Colorado, Andrew Vogt, whose talents will help harness the psychical energy of the audience living and deceased to open a doorway for communication next psychic medium Cindy Kaza will use her considerable gifts to invite these spirits forward to communicate with the audience in a psychic gallery reading and finally paranormal and occult expert John E. L. Tenney will offer his interpretation of these events and help us all make sense of what we have witnessed as only John Tenney can Tickets are available this summer, and I invite you to visit Necronomicast.com. Follow the show on social media for more information. Historic Haunted Heartland 2 The Spirits Speak. Brought to you by Necronomicast. Saturday, October 7th, 2023. A night that can change your life or your afterlife. From the historic haunted heartland of Omaha, Nebraska, my name is Brian Corey, and it is my pleasure to welcome you all to this episode of Necronomicast. For the entire month of July, I will be featuring the stories and personalities that call the great state of California home. And for tonight's late night conversation, it is my pleasure to have as a guest one of the brightest new emerging voices in the world of the paranormal, Tammy Murhev Chavez. Tammy and her podcasting partner, Bryce Mitchell Williams, bring you the tales of Hollywood, old and new, in their superb podcast, Holly Weird Paranormal. You might've seen Tammy with her many appearances on Ghost Adventures as well. So I invite you to sit back and relax as I'm joined by Tammy Murheb Chavez for a fun and spirited conversation. And now calling in on the NecrodamaCast Newsmaker Hotline, oh my gosh. Do I have news for you? My next guest is the great Tammy Murheb Chavez from Holly Weird Paranormal. Welcome, friend.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: I'm so excited, boy! You, I, I was like, I, I can't hit record fast enough because you've already like started dropping like all the all these bombs, all these news bombs.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're dropping on me too, so I have to like. Acquiesce them somehow.
0: <laughs> well, if if you need to go and and answer texts and all that kind of stuff, please go right ahead. <laughs> no, we're all good. Yeah, you're the newsmaker for sure. You know, I've I've really gotten uh, so much enjoyment listening to your podcast that you and Bryce Mitchell Williams uh, have put together, Holly Weird Paranormal, and what a great treasure trove of, um, fun facts and interesting history. And the, the way you guys kind of cat around, it's uh, it's, it's like, like one of my new favorite podcasts that I love, that I love listening to.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Well, we really do enjoy your podcast too. We enjoy the guests that you have. And we're like, when we grow up, we want to be like Brian <laughs> 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 and have his guest on.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I, it wasn't, it wasn't always this way, but, uh, You know, it's sometimes you just got to hustle and grind, like send out emails every day and find people and, 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 but I tell you what, I, I found you for the first time. It's, it's always interesting, like how you discover podcasts or interesting people. I was, I'm a big fan and friends with uh, the folks over at uh, what's up weirdo. So John and, and Jessica over there, and you were on one of their live shows that they had going on YouTube. And I'm like, well, this girl's interesting. And I just heard you talk and you're telling everything about Hollywood and everything. And you've got a podcast that I listen to it. I'm like, man, so much fun. So uh, having you on the show, what a uh, what a a jolt of energy this season for for <laughs> Necronomicast. You're you're not from you're not from Hollywood though, right?
1: No, I'm originally from a different haunted city. I'm originally from New Orleans. And um that has that place has a lot of energy and a, and a lot of great spooks and haunts, of course.
0: I drank underage uh, in New Orleans. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Welcome to the club, darling. Right. Welcome to the club, darling. As they say, yeah, uh, we, yeah, that's pretty much like your, you know your initiation into the bar and club life. You're going to be drinking underage. I think I started drinking at seven. I do have a picture of my dad, myself, and my sister. We're sitting in a bar and I'm just like looking like I am really bored right now. (laughs) And yeah, so you start very young over there. That's We have drive through daiquiri places. So here we are.
0: (laughs) Well, okay. So here's my quick story. And uh, listeners, just buckle in. This is going to be fun. So I, I was dating a girl and she was going to school. This is uh, early college. Uh, and she was going to school in Washington, D.C. And then we broke up. And I had tickets to go see her, uh, plane tickets and went out to go see her on spring break. So I called my little travel agent here in Omaha. And I'm like, uh, you know, are these refundable? He's like, no, but you can transfer them. <gasps> so I'm like, fine. So I called my friend who I was in a, in a rock band with, an alternative band with. And he was going to school in New Orleans studying uh jazz yeah and uh mm-hmm. so i call him and i'm like dude can, can i come visit you <laughs> and he's like It's sure. <laughs> like yeah and then, so it turns out my spring break was the week after his spring break but they were having a big jazz um uh conference festival at Loyola university
1: yep that's my alma mater yeah
0: so you went to Loyola.
1: I went to know Loyola, New Orleans. My, a lot of my family members went there and I knew I was going to go there. My mom used to work there. She used to work in the administration building. And then she worked in a dorm down the street off of Broadway in St. Charles that was haunted. And uh, she would always have stories about hearing things and Seeing things to which is why she was transferred to the main campus. <laughs> but yeah, I graduated from there. Oh my God. When did I graduate? Back in like 2005. And I loved it. And speaking of jazz, my, I was majoring in theater and communications, and all of my communication classes were above the jazz two and three rooms. So every morning during my communication writing classes, I would hear Stan Getz yeah. every morning as their warm up. And I was like, this is
0: it. This is what it's like coming to school, in New Orleans. <laughs> oh, uh, that's so cool. I, uh, one of my first public speaking gigs was during that week. And what, what happened is I, I went down there for, to see my friend Mark and stay down there and it was the New Orleans, uh, jazz or it was the Layla jazz festival. And, yeah, and I'm just hanging out, like, like all the jazz majors were supposed to like help, like, uh, usher bands, you know, to the concert, concert area, to the contest area and do all this kind of stuff. Well, half of them were in the bag cause they play all night and they're, you know, they're like mm-hmm. hung over and, and drunk and everything. And like, somebody didn't show up to announce from the stage, <gasps> like the, like, uh, the Jonestown jazz orchestra is here to play. So like Mark's like, Brian, will you, inter- will you get on stage and inter- introduce these bands? I'm like, are you f- kidding me? And I'm like, Okay, <laughs> so like, so I get up on stage and I'm like, "Hi, everybody." Uh, next up on stage is the you know the Jonestown uh, jazz ensemble coming from Jonestown, you know what? And 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 the the director of the jazz festival was like, "Who who is this guy?" And Mark's like, "Oh, that's my friend Brian from Omaha." And he's and the guy like heard me talk. He's like, "Okay, fine. F- it's fine. It's
1: fine." <laughs> <laughs> yeah bon temps. let's just just like let bon temps. you know just let the good times roll right there oh yeah
0: and i (laughs) I, one last new orleans story and my bloody mary uh episode i i detail this uh a little bit longer and she wasn't very happy about it but uh, i talked about the time i got i got i got mugged in new orleans oh right by your university
1: yeah 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 that's
0: Sounds about right. We were going to one more bar, mm-hmm. one more bar before my plane took off the next day, and uh, yeah, I just got a guy followed us and said, "Hey, you guys know what time it is?" And I turn around, and he's got a gun. Oh, no, he's got a gun, and we are like pretty drunk, and all he wanted was our cash. And then he's like, "You walk this way, I walk that way." And I'm like, oh, "Okay,
1: You're so like, yeah, you just pay attention." You're like, "Yes, sir." All right, thank you.
0: That's pretty much what happened. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean that's New Orleans. New Orleans, uh, you know, someone once told me New Orleans is a city full of charm, but it's a city full of harm, so you better watch yourself and Ooh. just have a good time, but be safe, you know. And that's what I always tell people too, like, yeah, it's it's a great city, it's a beautiful city, but uh there's some dark crevices around there, so you got to watch yourself. Yeah.
0: And mm-hmm. I was 20 or 19. I mean, whatever. No, I mean, yeah. it was, it was totally my fault. I mean, hundred percent. I don't, <laughs> I don't hold it against native New Orleans, uh, citizens and I don't hold it against the town. It's just, you know, I was just being a dumb tourist. So.
1: <laughs> but did you have fun? Oh my God.
0: It was so much fun. It of was so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I can go to pet O'Brien's and I can, you know, and then there was like all these, Oh my God. Nooks and cranny bars.
1: Oh, yeah. Did you have the hurricane, their famous sugary hurricane?
0: <laughs> I did. I did. I stumbled and out of there. How many hand
1: grenades did you have? How many hand grenades did you have, too? I <gasps> <You> can't remember <laughs> exactly.
0: Yes. One <laughs> <laughs> in each hand, pretty much. So, okay. So, how did you get to uh, Los Angeles, California? What was your uh, journey west?
1: Oh, my journey West began, oh my God. But while I was in grad school, I was going to school to major in costume and technology. So I was designing costumes for opera and theater. And I went to Los Angeles and I was visiting friends who were working in the industry. And they're like, you need to be here. And I said, yes, I have to be. So that was pretty much put out into the universe that um, after I graduated from grad school, I was going to move to Los Angeles. So I did in 2009 and been here ever since. You know, my husband and I just bought our condo here and it seems like we're going to be here for quite a while. And um, I, for many years, just started working with bands, Speak of the Devil Band. So I started working with a lot of musicians, like styling for their music videos and um, uh, working with their backup dancers. Like my first gig in Los Angeles in 2009, two weeks after I moved here, was to work with Um, Perry Farrell and his wife, Etty of uh, Jane's Addiction for their 2009. Yeah. Lollapalooza tour. They were, they needed a wig maker. And I was like, Hey, I do, I do wigs for opera. And how did I get that gig? My neighbor who one day was getting her mail and I was getting my mail and we just struck up a conversation and turned out she was the assistant tour manager for Jane's Addiction. And they were like looking for anyone that knew how to style wigs. And I was like, I'm game. Just, <laughs> just get me in a room with Perry, and two days later, I'm in a sound studio in Hollywood having burrito with Perry Furthel <laughs> and Etsy talking about wigs. So it was perfect, and ever since then, I just it kind of snowballed into other projects, and these projects got me involved in a lot of old buildings and sets around the city. Um, so a lot of these places had a lot of stories and they had a lot of ghost stories and it wasn't until I started working in this acting school in Hollywood and on the grounds of this acting school is the actual homes and bungalows of Charlie Chaplin, because right across the street, right next door is the Jim Henson studios, which back in, you know, the 1900s was the Charlie Chaplin studios. Yeah. And it was like right there on the school's ground. And of course there are a lot of ghost stories that circulated. That's where I met Bryce Mitchell Williams. We started talking about these stories, people's experiences. Then we would chat in my costume shop and have these students and teachers come down and share their experiences with us. Like they just felt comfortable to share them with us because I was all about that life. I, I, I love hearing ghost stories. I love trying to figure out like what is behind that, you know, what's really going on. Thus, Hollywood Paranormal was born.
0: Did you, a a of of, <laughs> did you have a lot of,
1: theater kids?
0: did you have a lot of like interest in the paranormal or ghost stories living in new Orleans too?
1: Oh, absolutely. Growing up, you just knew when you were young, my sister and I knew there was something very unique about the city, very spooky. The city like has a bunch of legends and lore growing up there. You, you learn and you grow up with you grow up with all that. You mm-hmm. grow up with the legends of the ruguru the swamp werewolf, um, the woman in white of Mona Lisa Drive and City Park and Mid-City. And of course, the old mansions all had ghost stories in the Garden District. So we went to a uh, private school in um, Uptown and off of St. Charles, Holy Name of Jesus and Every Halloween, um, there's this woman from a library that would take us school kids down St. Charles and she would tell us these ghost stories that were connected to these mansions. And we're like, oh, my God, maybe if you could stand here, you could see the woman in white or, you know, the ghost dog. or whatever." So you knew like that that city was very different. It was very unique and it was definitely very haunted. And even while I was going there in Loyola, we had a couple of ghosts at Loyola, too. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Amazing. Amazing. I love it. And then now, okay. Hollywood. And like, I was, I living in Nebraska, like you always, and and I'm Nebraska all my life, you know, except for vacations, you know, Um, (laughs) but like when you live in the Midwest, you know, you always have this romanticized, beautiful, picturesque concept of what Hollywood is. And it was fueled by my mom, uh, and dad, you know, they were old school. My dad was 70 when I was born. and My mom was 40 when I was born. So like, oh, wow. go, like like I grew up with like, I really liked Humphrey Bogart. I was the only like 11, 12 year old kid that had a Humphrey Bogart poster in his room. You know what I mean? Like oh. I was, a, so like my my mom was really awesome. into musicals. Um, That's where I kind of got a lot of, I, I did like musical theater for like 20 years here in Omaha. So I had a real appreciation for like, the golden age of hollywood and and my parents would take us us the three of us me mm-hmm. on vacation to hollywood and like you'd go on tours to see the stars homes and i remember going to buena park and going to the old movie land wax museum and uh seeing vincent price's house and going to the queen oh, mary wow. long beach and and just like so like i had this just this um just this uh um, wonderful childhood of like going to california and thinking it was this this beautiful majestic land of opportunity you know all the all the great stories and all the history and and it it's just uh it's just such a magical place still i'm 48 and i still think of like hollywood is <laughs> like this just this magic factory this this promised land of hopes and dreams and i know there's a lot of tragic stories and things about hollywood but i, think, I just have yeah. this i have this just wonderful uh, just love of old school Hollywood, and when I so when I listen to your show, you know, and you talk about stars like like one of your recent episodes, Montgomery Cliff. I think I even messaged you about it. I'm like, he's from Omaha, mm-hmm. so like, just all these great stories of like years, stars past, and and these great stories of um of Hollywood lore and history that come alive on your show.
1: Yeah, that is something that we talk about too on our podcast. It's uh, but I I feel like they, like you said, there is. I think as a mixture of both, there is this magical mysticism part of Hollywood or just Los Angeles for that matter. You know, even back in the day when people were traveling here in the early 1900s, they were coming here because of the weather, because it was making them feel so much healthier. Um, Just the winds and the sun getting that vitamin D. And I feel that energy too. I felt it too when I first visited here and I knew I needed to be here. Like there was something so unique that was calling me to the city. And um, I've said it time and time and again. There is a story every like every corner in Hollywood, every corner in downtown Los Angeles, even central Los Angeles has a story, whether it's tragic or it's actually very inspirational. It does have a tale to tell. And you know it. I'm sure you, you know, growing up and watching all those old Hollywood stars, you're probably walking on the sidewalks that they would walk, you know, to go get a cup of coffee or when they would go and meet their friends. So, it's you know, there's a lot of those little stories in all these little crevices here in the city that make It's so unique. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those stories, too, are ghost stories. And um, I feel like, in a way, it just kind of keeps them alive. I think it's very special that you grew up the way you did, learning about Humphrey Bogart, Marlene Dietrich, and all these greats, because, you know, the generation right now, they don't know anything. They don't know any better. Those were the people that kind of paved the way for. All us, you know, all these current stars that are relevant right now. And in some ways, yeah, we have to keep that memory and their memory alive. And I feel like that's part of what we do with our podcast is we try to tell the stories of those that are no longer here to share them in hopes that, you know, we could remember them
0: somehow. I love that haunted history aspect of your show, too. And not only just the stars, but I mean, just such... I mean, you you did it yourself. I mean, you went out to L.A. after graduating from New Orleans and started a career just because you knew it was a land of opportunity. And that's been going on for decades and decades. So many people wanted to be Mm -hmm. starlets, but also people went to California for opportunity like carpenters to build sets and musicians to play and write music and just all the people who wanted to be chefs, people who wanted to work in every part of the of the entertainment industry, at some point, had like you know stars in their eyes or, or hopes and dreams, and um, you know n- not not all the hopes and dreams you know pan out. You know there's there's a million songs written about heartache and 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 tough times in in Hollywood. Uh,
1: yeah, they're on Hollywood. Oh World yeah, and Guard. I've seen it. Oh, I've seen <laughs> it like firsthand. You know, sure. being backstage and dressing these starlets and, you know, you're trying to gather all the their, the wardrobe together and you're overhearing them, you know, and their conversations like, I don't know how I'm going to make it next month. I don't know, you know, about this gig. It's, it's, it gets really stressful. Like there's a lot that happens behind the camera, behind the lens and trust me, I see it and I hear it. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I, I'll just stay behind the camera for now <laughs> in the meantime and, and just figure it out from there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Just like uh I think uh we, we chatted about uh, the Omaha band that went out to they went to Van Nuys uh originally and got signed three eleven and
1: Oh my god yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. But I mean like they went out there with a busted ass R V that eventually caught fire on a tour and they all they live five in a house uh in with with a in a busted up old house and Van Nuys and just, you know, they almost didn't make it, you know, they went out there with hopes and dreams yeah. and, you know, and that's just a little band from Omaha, Nebraska that made it big, but so many people go out there and, and, and do and don't. Um, so that it's, it's, it's that, that whole dichotomy of hopes and dreams and then uh, success and then outrageous fortune. And then, then really sad stories too uh, uh, covered in depth on, on your podcast. How'd you guys get the idea of, um, you know, you two getting together, you and Bryce, and like, we can do this. What's us have a podcast and what's it going to be about and how are we going to do it? Because you guys have a great, a great witty banter. You guys are obviously super good friends off the mic. I mean, I listened to uh, just an episode the other night. I don't even remember which one it was. And you were just like, you were like in tears laughing at him. Like you guys obviously like are not just <laughs> podcast you know, thrust together for the sake of convenience. You guys are like good friends, like, and you have great chemistry.
1: Yeah, we started out, um, Bryce tells it very well, um, how I met Bryce. I was the costume director of this acting school in Hollywood and he, had just gotten out of his third year and started working in one of the offices in the school, but he would be asked to participate in some shows if they had problems casting certain characters. And how I met Bryce is, I had to fit him in a pair of underwear for a play, so I was like, "With these little boy shorts," I'm like, "Here, try these on," and he was like, "Great!" And he was such a great sport, and that was so like that's the thing I love about him is that he is such a great sport. Like he is willing to you know please and you know he is willing to be professional cuz you rarely meet that here as well uh, and uh, he is you know he's just a team player and um very sweet great personality goes with the flow. And we just had a great talk and banter. And ever since then, he would always come down like the shop, my costume shop was like the water cooler. So we would always like gossip and um, talk and kind of catch up on with like each other's lives and stuff. And it was there, I want to say like within our second or third year working in that school, like we would just hear these ghost stories Um, around the campus. And we would talk and people were like, well, what do you think it is? And I would say, I don't know. It just sounds like something that has already been here. It could be, you know, culminating from, you know, all these other areas that are around us. Like we have the Roosevelt two blocks away. We have this other area three blocks away. So maybe it's just this combination like of all these things stirring up and we're literally in the middle of it. And this one student's like, God, you guys should have a podcast because I would definitely listen to you guys talk. And, um, Bryce would just like come up with these amazing like comebacks and jokes. Like he was just, he's just so witty and so quick, you know? Um, but we just decided let's try it. Let's go for it. Let's see what happens. Let's give each other like six months and see where the podcast goes. And after six months, it, it kind of like took off we were invited to go and do a live our first live show at the Pasadena Playhouse to um at first we thought we we're going to open the woman in black and we ended up closing for them and it wasn't like the best live podcast show, but it was just the fact that we were recognized and we knew like, we still have a lot of work to do. And ever since then it just has been growing and been, you know, evolving and we've been meeting amazing people like yourself, um, in this community. And it's a wonderful community, not just the paranormal community, but also the podcasting community is very, very supportive of one another. And that is something that we really like as well.
0: Yeah. You guys were, uh, Recently, kind of a big part of or honored, um, you know, featured on the Parapod Festival. And that was in, was that in Santa Barbara? Where was that at? Santa Clarita?
1: Oh, that was here in Santa Clarita. Yeah, that was like, uh, I want to say back in, was it April the 1st? Yeah, we were sent this email, like, congratulations, like we, we want to have you do a live panel. And it was with Tony Sweet, the head and creator of the Parapod Festival. And the Parapod Festival is a festival with um, individuals who represent the paranormal community or psychical and community. And they were, they're just recognized. And whether it's true crime, paranormal, psychic readings and whatnot, like you're just recognized in this amazing festival. And they had amazing speakers come in like Linda Howe and Mm -hmm. uh, of ancient aliens and uh, even Patty Negri from Ghost Adventures. Like they had all these amazing people come in to lead these panels and then they invited us. And um, Tony was like, well, what should we do? What should we talk about? I'm like, obviously we're in Los Angeles. We're in California. Let's talk about (laughs) Hollywood haunted Hollywood history. And we talked about the Barclay and we brought our friends from Ellie, not so confidential, Dr. Scott and Dr. Shiloh to come in and talk about the crimes. And we're going to talk about the haunted times because um, recently I was there not too long ago to shoot an episode with ghost adventures and something crazy happened to me with Jay in the basement while we were going over notes and it was unexplainable. And, um, and yeah, I mean that, that, like I said, we wanted, to share this moment with our friends and we wanted to invite, you know, our potter friends or podcast friends to, you know, partake in this and they did and it was wonderful.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned like the uh, you know, the community of support. It's so nice that like um and I was like like so happy for you guys and like, you know, here in Omaha I'm like, wow, it's really nice that like people are getting together and celebrating uh, you know, horror podcasts or, or, you know, paranormal and true crime and really kind of putting a spotlight on them and, and, and letting them just display their talents. Like you being on a panel, just like, what are we going to talk about? Duh, <laughs> like yeah. just do, do what you do best and entertain the crowd and, and just offer some great insight uh, in, into the, the haunted history of Hollywood. And it's, 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 it's really cool to see like how I uh, discovered you guys. And then I'm like, Oh, no, I'm a fan. And then like you, <laughs> like you said, you just keep blowing up and keep doing big things. And you just dropped this before I hit record that you were going to do this, uh, um, ghost adventures, episode. Yeah. but it's two episodes and you just started talking <laughs> about it. So like, how did, how did that happen? Like you're at the Barkley because of the pot.
1: Yeah. Because of the podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. That's super cool. So
1: funny, funny thing. Our listeners were messaging us they were messaging me too directly and they're like hey did you notice this the last couple of episodes of ghost adventures are pretty much aligning with what you just covered on your podcast or recently covered and I said no I haven't because I've been like I haven't been keeping up with that season mm-hmm. and um, I went back to watch most of the season I was like oh that's funny like we talked about that six months ago. We talked about this three months ago. We we were just there a month ago and now right. they're shooting there. That is insane. And sure enough, they were right. The producer of Ghost Adventures ended up messaging me um last summer and he was he he like flat out said, We listened to your podcast yeah, to get ideas. Oh, to because get ideas. You focus- yeah, because to get ideas for places. So the whole thing is because Zach cannot travel. He really has a fear of flying now. After traveling from, um, I think it was Ireland or Scotland, when they did that big trip to Europe a while back, something happened on the plane back with him and he refuses to fly anywhere. So it has to be by car, it has to be nearby. That's why they did that huge season why they, uh, where they traveled all over the US. They did hmm. that major road trip. And now they doing the house calls and they're doing things that are in like California, Nevada, Arizona, you know, within a reasonable amount of driving distance, yeah. but Zach cannot drive. I mean, cannot fly period. So they're trying to stick with a lot of California haunts, haunts that are like kind of nearby to where he has property here in Los Angeles or in Nevada, and so um, they were pretty much contacting me and saying, you, you go past the typical ghost stories because part of Hollywood Paranormals. Yes, we love to talk about the Queen Mary. We love a good like Black Dahlia, Marilyn Monroe ghost story. But we yeah. want to go past those legends. There's so many places, so many stories here, like within the beaten path that deserve attention. And trust me, like we're discovering all these places in little Tokyo and, and, uh, and in West Los Angeles and in other outside areas of Los Angeles, like Riverside and Pomona. So, um, I've just been within the past year, been working with Jeff Belanger, their writer and Justin West, their producer trying to, you know, tell them, Hey, go to this place, try this place. Oh, I know this person here. Um, if you need a haunted theater and it's been like that. And they've just been asking me, Hey, let's get you on the show. You know what you're talking about. You've been here, you've had experiences here. So they got me involved as a paranormal researcher for the Barclay hotel. Yeah. And then, um, I had an experience while working on a film set at heritage square, which is going to be another one of their episodes. And, um, I had some of my friends involved in that too, because what we experienced was definitely unexplainable and they wanted to insert that into their episode. So that's pretty much where it's at. And I think the one of the Barclay is going to air June 7th. So it's like almost a week and a half.
0: Wow. So, yeah. How exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure you'll be posting on a online. Now people will be listening to this after the fact, so they can go to our friends at discovery plus Plus and wherever they mm-hmm. watch uh, Ghost Adventures and and review that but you're going to be on a couple episodes that's super exciting yeah and you mentioned Jeff Belanger. and uh I had him on a while back talking about his book about uh he climbed Kilimanjaro and so we talked about that and he gave me of some shit of course he did of course right right and he's going to be on he's going to be on at cr- Christmas time he's got a new Christmas book coming out and so I nabbed, uh, oh, I, nabbed that's awesome. I nabbed him to to return uh on the show but it's funny cuz he talked shit to me about um I had like a bucket list thing, sort of like, I'm really mm-hmm. into sharks. I really love sharks <gasps> ever since Me I was too. a kid. When
1: I was in elementary, yeah, when I was in elementary school, yeah. I always loved learning about the different types of sharks and stuff. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so like, so I'd be, you know, totally scared going into Huntington beach, you know, like <laughs> like when I was a kid, <laughs> you know, I totally like, I think when I was yeah. a kid, I was in, I was in uh, Los Angeles and. 1987, the year, uh, Jaws, the revenge came out and I saw it at universal studios and I took the tour oh, yeah. and I saw where they filmed the the horrible ending to that movie. And so, but, uh, <gasps> oh, oh, but oh Belanger, he was talking smack to me about, cause I was like, man, this great bucket list thing. You did this thing. And, and he was asking me, what would you want to do? And I said, well, maybe dive with sharks, but I'm too scared. And he's like, no, you got to do it. You got to go to new England. You and I'm like, People can go back and listen to the episode. And I'm like, I don't (laughs) think so, Joe. Like, I want to see a great white, but I don't. I'm too scared. I'm too scared to go out on a boat.
1: That is so funny that you mentioned Jaws because I shopped for uh, Lorraine Gray, uh, Gary, the woman that was the lead in the revenge and was in. Yeah, Yeah. she is feisty. She is a little like she's a feisty pepper. I loved her. I is so sweet. And when she's really sweet. She, I think she's still alive. Yeah. She's still kicking and she looked great. When I, I was fitting her in this French connection dress, I'm like, girl, your body looks good. And she's like, I work out and I walk every day. And when I first started dressing her, I was like, I know I recognize her for, she's in the Joss movies. And I, and I, and I brought it up to her and she was like, yep, that's me. And I was like, you kicked ass in revenge. She's like, yeah, I think I did. I kicked ass. <laughs> so she was, you could tell, like, she was really happy about that. But yeah, she's a feisty little redhead. And I think she's still kicking it, her, or like her and Michael Kane. Yeah.
0: Funny. Yeah. Well, her husband, Lori and Gary's husband, was like the head of Universal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That's hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Ellen Brody.
1: But speaking of, of of Jeff Belanger, our first discussion was about East Coast West Coast rap. And um, FYI, <laughs> Snoop Dogg the Chronic is our favorite.
0: <laughs> yes, I
1: was like the biggest question. Jeff is like, "What is what? What do you prefer, East Coast West Coast rap?" And he was like, "West Coast Snoop Dogg the Chronic, the best album." I'm like, we're yeah. gonna be friends.
0: <laughs> yeah, being a music major, like I. I know my hip hop backwards and forwards and uh, West coast for me is the best coast. Um, mm-hmm. What's funny though. Like, like here, here's the thing, Beastie boys, Brooklyn, East coast. Oh yeah. But when they went to California and recorded like check your head and stuff at G son studios and everything like, yeah, you know, then they're a West coast band, you know, they're a West coast group. So pretty funny. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So another thing I want to talk to you about, like, and I think you guys even mentioned it on your show. Like there is so much, I heard it, you mentioned it someplace, but Hollywood was like incorporated mm, like 1903-ish or so, part of Los Angeles, 1910. So we're not talking like long history of, no. of, you know what I mean? So like, like all these amazing ghost stories and all these haunted locations are within pretty much a century of existence. Of 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 being Hollywood, and that I think mm-hmm. that's pretty incredible too. Like all this rich paranormal history is crammed into a hundred years uh, in one location. And uh, you know, do you, do you feel like when you walk into places, do you do you feel you know the the ghost sense? Do you do you feel like
1: oh the little senses the spidey yeah, senses yeah, 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 that is so true. That is another thing too that we literally like we always bring up too is that Los Angeles is not that old. Like mm. it's a hundred plus years old if you think about it. And it's really wild that there's been so much that's happened. It's because it's constantly overwhelmed. It's constantly overwhelmed by people, industry, and so much more. And it's still like that today. And yeah, there are places where you go where you kind of sense that, like you've kind of either feel a heaviness or you feel like something happened here. And sure enough, you know, you hear the history of the land and the location. For example, when we were um investigating the East West Players Theater in um downtown Los Angeles, it's in Little Tokyo. And that area has seen so much, especially in um 19 in the early 1940s, especially with the executive order of nine zero six six when they had to ship out the Japanese Americans to the internment camp. Yeah. And that is something that you kind of Felt when you entered that area of the theater because that's where they did the check-ins wow. um, to ship out those citizens. Yeah, so you just like knew, like you just feel it. Kind of like when you go to New Orleans too. And I get that from a lot of my friends that visit that city. They're like, you just feel a sense of heaviness. And, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's what it is. It's been through so much. It's so, such an old city, but in Los Angeles, it's this constant machine. It's this constant beast and it's just this constant need to uh, produce and to feed in a way, and you just it just it baffles me like just how many stories you just end up learning about all these layers that you peel back in each area. So many stories, it's unreal.
0: What are some of your favorites? Like like if you had to go, do you like the, like the landmark kind of you know haunted locations or or like no. maybe an out of the Real? Okay. So I, I don't know. Like, if like, there's a, uh, you know, like a corner Chinese food restaurant that is haunted. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, who knows? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know, like, uh like, like your, your best experiences, like, you're like, wow, that's crazy.
1: Yeah. Like, I, of course, like the Queen Mary has been always, you know, it's like mm-hmm. the hot topic, Queen Mary and the Hollywood sign or the Roosevelt hotel. Mm-hmm. But I would have to say like my like I, I love anything that has to do with downtown Los Angeles. That's always been my favorite area. And recently, we just did an investigation at Space City Vintage, which is a vintage shop off of First, uh, First Street, East First Street in Little Tokyo. And the stories that were connected to that place is that um, it was, it's owned by this family, and their surviving son or the grandson of this family is still alive and had given it to this gentleman who gasp and you know surprise he's a stylist or used to be the stylist for Johnny Depp and Megan Fox and all these other you know Ooh. cool like rugged actors and actresses and this guy has a ton of tales like he's covered in tattoos he works on bikes he's been in prison like <laughs> and now he owns his vintage shop in downtown like Little Tokyo and it's haunted and the people at East West Player like you have to go talk to the owner you have to hear his stories. And sure enough, I did a month and a half later and boy, did he have a ton of stories. And then somehow we were connected to the actual owner of this building who has a connection to people that knew and grew up with um, Charles Manson. And we were connected to him. He came over to the shop when we were doing an investigation, shared his entire story, his family story, And then pulls up this picture and he's like, you know, whose car is that? I'm like, no, he's like, that's the fan. That's the Manson family's car. This is the car that they drove to the Bianca, at house and to Sharon Kate's house. This was the car. And I'm like, how did you, how did you, how did you get in front of this car? He's like, I just knew, you know, I grew up with one of Charles Manson's uh, young school friends and Somehow he was able to attain this car and it's just, it's just so crazy how everything's kind of like almost like six or eight degrees of separation in the city too. But Recently, anything in that area of Little Tokyo is, has been a really refreshing, like kind of like a palate cleanser of ghost stories for myself and Bryce. And um, if anyone wants to listen to, we just did a two-parter episode of the East West Players Theater and it goes in great depth of the history of the land and its area there. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot going on there.
0: Now, I know you do a lot of investigations uh, and... You know, there's a, there's a point in my life where I was like, yeah, I got to investigate, got to investigate, got to investigate. And, but now I almost get as much fun or so much enjoyment listening to other people's stories. Like I really like hearing people's experiences and how it's, how it's touched them and uh, you know, like what they've, what they've gathered from it. Like trying to, you know, pick up oh yeah something for myself from, from people's stories. Like uh, you must hear stuff. All the time, just from your growing status in the paranormal community, the podcast community, you must hear some incredible tales.
1: Yes, we get a lot of people that write into us um, places that we are just introducing to uh, our audiences. They're like, I knew it. I knew it. I had a weird experience at this at this location or i had no idea or i need to share something with you that happened to me when i was young and it's really cool because at the same time you're creating a safe space for them to share these stories like i i realize and you yeah. understand too um people want to be heard they want to be listened to and they want to feel safe and they want to trust they want to they want to find someone that they could trust to share these stories and it's the biggest gift to sit down with someone and especially someone that you've just met The past five seconds, and they're like willing to share this most intimate detail of their life, of this unusual experience they had, you know, somewhere here in the city or elsewhere or in their childhood. And, Mm -hmm. and that's, I think that's why we, you know, why we do what we do. We keep on trucking and, you know, we keep on interviewing because we want to create that space for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, that's really important. I'm glad you said that because so many people, when they have these paranormal or strange supernatural experiences, it's it's ground, it's not groundbreaking, but it's earth-shaking, earth-shattering to them. Like it, it, it could rock some people to their core because you're challenging your beliefs about the afterlife, you're challenging your beliefs about the existence of mm-hmm. humanity, consciousness, whatever you want to call it, psychical energy, UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. And to have that opportunity to share that part of your life, I mean, we're not talking about uh, personal things about our lives. This is something else that that is so unusual and unique and special to you. Seeing a ghost, having a weird psychic uh, experience, seeing a monster, mm-hmm. say, what what a UFO, wh- whatever it is. When you experience that and you're able to sh- like honestly connect with somebody and share that, what a powerful experience that. To not only to be able to share, but to have somebody share it with you too. Like when people tell me things, you know, I always like like lean back and listen. Maybe ask a question or two. But it's so important to get people's stories as they, you know, as they give it to you. You know, that experience of trust both both ways.
1: Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, that's what I I always love. I love it when someone sits down with me and they and and they um <laughs> we we talk about this too a lot they're like, oh, I don't believe in all this stuff, but I have this one story (laughs) right? and you're like, do tell. (laughs) And it's so, and we love it. We love it. We're like, "Uh uh-huh. It's okay. It's okay. It's, it's great that you have that hefty weight of skepticism. It's best to be a skeptic than a cynic. That's what we always like to tell other people too. It's okay. But you know, um, at the same time, you're just like, a lot of other people out there that have had these experiences and you're not the only one. And they just like to have that confirmation, like, Oh, so I'm not going crazy. Or, you know, I, I actually did see something. I did see like this apparition of my grandfather before, right before he passed. Yes, you did. So it's, it's things like that that are very astonishing and, and it, you're just honored that they're you know willing to share this very intimate part of themselves with you.
0: Yeah. And if you do a Mm -hmm. lot of reading about apparitions and ghost sightings and things like that, if somebody shared that kind of information with you that I saw grandpa before he, like an apparition of grandpa before he died, like to give that kind of reassuring message, like everything's going to be okay. That, that has happened to people throughout time for centuries. It's documented. Oh yeah. You know, and so to the, that even connects us to our ancestors in ways that we can't even really imagine. Like, like this isn't a new thing. This isn't AI. This isn't uh, because of the legalization of marijuana or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's this. This is something that's unique uh, uh, to to humanity. Uh, it, being able to to communicate with one another without using words, to think of somebody and and have that psychical uh, projection or anything like that. You know, it's to have those experiences now in twenty twenty three. Well, people were having those experiences in sixteen hundred People were having those experiences yeah. and, you know it's just amazing like how uh humanity has progressed over these years, but yet these core things that have happened to the human experience keep happening and have happened for so long it's It's yes. so vastly rewarding to study and to research and have fun with the paranormal, you know.
1: Yeah. That's, I, you know, it's part of our journey. It's been my journey. You know, I was very gullible. you know, I used to believe everything. I was very naive and, and I think just surrounding yourself with the right people, open-minded people, um, to direct you to certain places or just taking classes from credible sources. Like mm-hmm. I started taking classes at the Rhine Institute with Dr. Lloyd Auerbach and John Kruth, and they just make sense, you know, and even talking to our friend, John E.L. Tenney, like when I met him for the first time in uh, Liberty, Missouri last year at the Strange Escapes, just sitting there and talking to him, he's so lucid and he's so open and willing to share like all these beliefs and possible, you know, um, you know, all these different possibilities of what a ghost could be or what we're actually dealing with. Because in the end of the day, I think he put it so well, like we're still too young to understand the universe and, um, just a lot of the things in his stories, just like really, it really like, like flipped the switch in my head. I'm like, yes, we got to ask ourselves these types of questions. And, you know, what are we truly dealing with? You know, is it, um, parallel dimensions which we were like nerding out about or is it something else and and not like this discarded agent or what we think is a ghost. So those are the types of conversations that I feel we need to be having more so than just what we see online or on certain shows for that matter. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm so glad that you mentioned uh like Lloyd Auerbach like like having him on the program I asked him uh, if he wanted to be on the program and he said, sure. And I read like one or two of his books uh, when I asked him. And so I bought like three more and just read and read. Yeah. yeah he, he makes sense. Not just philosophically, but just like just even scientifically from what, you know, I'm yeah. not, I, I don't have a great scientific brain. You know, I was an artist. I was a musician. Ha ha.
1: Oh, trust me, me too.
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> He can totally get egghead professor if he wants to, but he's got enough sense to know who he's talking to. And so he can communicate it in a real meaningful way. And when you mentioned Tenny, now, you know, like I've got posters back behind me of these live Mm -hmm. events uh, last year's. And then this year um, that, that I'm finding. I know.
1: J- I noticed that one over there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah. was last. That was last year's, and then this year's is coming up with. Cindy and then that Kesa. one was
1: Cindy Kiza. Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah, so boy. sweet. I love her.
0: I met her at Strange Escapes, and so with John, you're know, like I. I remember his TV show because I I sought it out because I went to go investigate the haunted schoolhouse, uh, the Farrar Schoolhouse in Maxwell, um, Iowa. Oh yeah. Yeah, and he did what a show. Was that? Oh, it's it's amazing if you've got two hundred and forty thousand dollars you can buy it it's it's for sale now i
1: heard yeah, heard, yeah. yeah. thinking about I mentioned, it. I, I mentioned <laughs> it to my
0: wife and she's like oh we got three kids uh, i'm like
1: don't we could buy it and they could live in the schoolhouse babe like it's it's a win-win
0: <laughs> oh man ever ever since i saw um uh we bought a funeral home I'm like there's a rundown beautiful one in Omaha. And I'm like, oh my God, Netflix, please. Like, Would that. <laughs> like float me like 40 grand, please. I'll make right? a beautiful, I'll, I'll, do I'll do whatever you want. I'll make a Dear this show.
1: people at Netflix. <laughs> right.
0: Like, I got the best place. Mm-hmm. But uh, so so back to Tenny. Um, so I sought out of his show and I always thought, boy, that guy's great. And then, uh, you know, I had him on the podcast and I was, that just It blew my mind because he was so generous with his time of, of talking and explaining all these concepts and everything. And, and then when we were done recording, he talked for me for another half hour afterwards. I'm like, wow, that was really, really helpful. Not just insightful. Like he's not just like saying things to blow your mind, but he's being helpful to help. Like, 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 let's, let's, let's let's come up with ideas, you know, guy in Omaha. I've never met before, but like, like, let's share some (laughs) ideas. So then I met him at strange escapes and that's where I got the idea to have like a a live uh, podcast show um, because I wanted to have like a, a haunted event, but not, not one that I not putting anything down, but I wanted to do something a little different. So I thought like a, you know, like a stage show, like where there's <laughs> so mm-hmm. I I gotta get I gotta get cracking on this year's. I mean, I got a great idea and I've already booked, you know, Cindy Kaza coming in and I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta make this work now. Like when she said yes, that's I'm amazing. like, Oh, you 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 better you better you better get working, kid. You <laughs> we got till October.
1: Oh yeah, that's gonna be a big event. Yeah. Both both hit like John and Jessica too. They're both the great duo. I love hearing their stories of where they go to investigate. Cause I, I think they're, they recently too went to the, the funeral home where the the family lives that, that bought the funeral home and mm-hmm. they investigated and they were able to hear their ghost stories and, you know, see this like museum like house from what I've seen in their pictures is so gorgeous. Oh, and, it's amazing.
0: Uh,
1: yeah. And, and Jessica also has a wonderful way of like interviewing people. Like she just like, I remember, yeah, meeting her too last year for the first time and Liberty and just, both of them like I see why they're just so they go so well together. Like they're just easy to talk to and so approachable. And that's amazing that you're able to like chat with him some more 30 minutes after the interview. That that's just who they are. And yeah, that's what we that's what I want to see more in this community are people that are willing to have these conversations and have these longer conversations and just be patient and have more time.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, and that and like I'm not like if you look like I I don't have uh I'm really motivated to do like, you know, these conversational shows and everything like that. I'm not like um and, and some people are are really great at social media and things like that. I just my mind's not there. Yeah. And I'm not like into competition in terms of like uh I gotta have the best footage or I gotta have evidence mm-hmm. or, or these kind of things. Cause I'm not interested in those kinds of things. I'm interested in like like we we've been talking about like the last hour, like. Uh, stories, um, people's experiences, how it changed them. I think that's so, Mm -hmm. so important to hear like how somebody might've seen a ghost and how they felt afterwards, how it changed, how they look at life and how they talk to people and and what they think about. Like, how could you, how could you be racist after seeing a ghost? You know what I mean? Like, how (laughs) how could you be, how could you be sexist? After, after, yes. after seeing a ghost or like when you're faced with the consequences of the afterlife, when you maybe see a UFO and and perhaps it's from another planet, how could you have these petty, uh, human hangups? Uh, you know what I mean? Like I, I really yeah. see like the growth uh, in humanity by investigating ghosts and monsters and UFOs. <laughs>
1: You know. I mean, I, <laughs> I feel like in a way you're still like, as you're trying to connect with the dead, you're still connecting with the living. And I feel like I connect more with people through the paranormal and through these events and these conferences. Like when I went to Louisville, it was wonderful to sit down with a lot of people, um, who I met and met through the podcast and finally got to meet them in person and just listen to their stories and listen to their first paranormal experiences or, you know, or whatnot. And it was just really wonderful just to really sit down and take the time to connect. And I think that's, yeah, that's true. That's something that we lack um, especially in this community is that connection too. It's like, well, who has access to this, you know uh, this place or this prison or this, you know, infirmary or, you know, who has the most following and who has the better, uh, evidence and or footage. So it's like, yeah, it always seems like a bit of a competition. It's like, well, why can't we just all just like try to figure out what we're really dealing with first and foremost and, you know, see what we can come up with from there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you're doing things the right way. I mean, obviously you you're getting all kinds of success. I mean, uh, Appearing on you know Ghost Adventures, uh, the biggest paranormal show there is, uh, mm-hmm. and and doing it on on your terms. I mean, you're going in with your knowledge and your research and and everything you know about the Barclay and being invited in because you know so much, uh, and and being honest and being authentic. And that's that's one thing too. Like I, I like your show because you guys are authentic and you're funny as hell and you know your you guys are whip smart. Uh, it's just a it's just a good it's it's just a a, a good well-produced, very entertaining podcast. And that's what I go for podcasts for. I want to be, I want to have my mind stimulated. I want to be entertained. I want to laugh. I want to, I want to think about things. And your show definitely uh, inspires me to, to laugh and to think about things and to ponder things. And when I get an Apple or a Spotify update saying there's a new episode, I'm like, well, I know what I'm going to be doing later today. (laughs) I'm going to be listening to a little Holly Weird Paranormal. Same
1: here, my friend.
0: (laughs) What else you got going on?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, um, just pretty much trying to collect more. Uh, I guess trying to collect more adventures, I guess you can say. We yeah. are trying to prep for other investigations around the city. And I just had gotten done investigating Space City Vintage in Little Tokyo and trying to figure out when we're going to do our um, next live podcast. So we had a live event. Uh, this past weekend at Heritage Square. Mm -hmm. And um, we wanted to talk about like a, you know, haunted mansion and a place that's filled with other old mansions that were located in and around Los Angeles. So for those that are not familiar with Heritage Square, you may have seen it on the Osbournes. uh, I think it was one of their haunted shows. um, And um, it was investigated, of course, by Jack Osborne and recently by Ghost Adventures, but um, a lot of people have had experiences at this location because of the um, houses that were collected. They all have an energy, they all have these antiques that hold and embody some sort of energy. And that energy has been manifesting in front of volunteers and film crews that work and do different projects. And we decided to do a live podcast there this past weekend. And now we're trying to figure out another uh live show in Halloween and make it bigger and more grander, I guess you can say, since we had great success with that. But I mean, you know, the amount of work that goes into an event <laughs> and the right. planning, like you want to know the real horror is trying to find technicians. Is yeah. trying to find people, reliable people, especially here in Los Angeles. So here's a, here's a scary story. Um, <laughs> Friday before the event, Friday before the event, um, 4 p.m. I'm waking up from a nap and I get a text message from the sound technician that we just paid for who decided to cancel at the last minute. And he's like, sorry, I'm I'm just going to have to pull out. And we're like, great, 4 p.m. Day before our big event. All right, great. And fortunately, because Bryce and myself are in the theater community and theater people help each other out, we were able to find somebody to come in and Oh my God. And just save our sound. So yeah, now we know what to do and who to hire for the next event and how to go about it more.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. People, are, when I was when I was getting ready for my event last year, it's like, oh, it's ghosts and scary. And uh, aren't you scared by ghosts and all that? And I'm like, no, but I tell you what, uh, selling tickets for an event like this uh, the only thing that's scary right now yeah. is, my, is my credit card balance right now until oh the, <laughs> you know,
1: yeah, that renting, was... <laughs>
0: renting a theater, buying plane tickets to fly uh, 10 in, and I, everything was fine. We sold out and everything was great. And that's why I'm doing another one. But I mean, like, boy, uh, that's scarier than any uh, manifesting spirit in front of me.
1: Yeah. And getting all those people in. Yeah. <laughs> like I always mentioned the living scare me more than the dead. So I have a hard time trusting them. Never trust the living.
0: For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 A ghostly sound man would be better than the, the uh, real life one uh, at four the day before. (laughs)
1: God, Good thing we had one because we had something weird happening. We were doing a sound check. And for some reason on one of the mics, a 2007 Black Eyed Peas song started playing out of this mic. And we were just like, "Where is that coming from?" And we're looking at the director of the museum. We're like, "Do the ghosts like black IPs?" She's like, "I don't know. I've never heard that before." That's funny. So it was like this little <laughs> glitch that happened. Is it paranormal? I don't know. But um, is black IPs haunting the Heritage Square? Yes, probably, probably. So crazy.
0: There <laughs> before I got online with you, before I got online with you, I went to uh, thehollywoodsign.com. dot uh, mm-hmm. Or just HollywoodSign.com because they have a live cam. So I was like, I got to get a feel of Los Angeles. I got to get a feel of Hollywood before I talk to Tammy. Yeah. And so the the live cam, uh, it's a it's fifty four degrees. Uh, it looks like a mm-hmm. very beautiful night there. And uh, so I, I enjoyed looking at the live cam of the Hollywood sign uh, before I got online with you. Very cool.
1: Yeah, it's a really cool site. For I always send people. That's so cool that you know about that site. Yeah, I always tell people if you want to see like like a good like panoramic view of the city, like in real time, just go on that site and it's there. And they're like, are you going to see a ghost? I'm like, you'll probably see coyote, but <laughs> you're not going to see anything else. But yeah, it's pretty chilly here too. It's like, Oh yeah. In the sixties already. Yeah. We're still, we're, we're still wearing our sweaters here.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I wish you nothing but the best. I was looking forward to this all day. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Uh, being able to talk to you. And I'm, I'm so glad that things are, um, are just, just, you got this upward trajectory, not only with your podcast, but your television appearances, your career, everything's going great. You got married last year, just everything you like, you just seem to be living like the best life and working hard and just reaping the benefits.
1: Yes. just trying to work hard. So I could make a better life as a ghost in my afterlife. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And on that note,
1: <laughs> no. you're gonna be one hell of but a ghost, you. Tammy. You're gonna be one hell of a ghost. That's for sure. I'm gonna be haunting a condo in San Fernando, like the ghost. You'll see, like remnants of her red hair dye around here. I'm like, yeah, that's how it haunts. That's how my husband tells everybody. He's like, I'm haunted by her red hair dye because I have red hair, and this the dye just runs everywhere. <laughs> it gets on the pillowcases, on the towels, somehow on the floor. So yeah. That's when uh, you'll know it's
0: me. It's a cool, it's it's a cool look, and I dig your uh, earrings too. Are those like?
1: Thank you, the skulls. Yeah, I just like I'm mean, poison ivy. i don't, I, mean, I have this like poison ivy look now. I have the red hair, and I'm wearing a shirt with like leaves and skulls. So yeah, there you go. Love
0: it, love it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well,
0: my friend, like this has been just the, the the best hour. So I wish you and Bryce nothing of the best, The continued success. Thank you. Not only, I'm excited now. I I didn't know I'd be able to see you on television as well as on my podcast platforms. So, um, Tammy, just my best to you guys. I'm just so um, I'm just so uh, appreciative of your time being on the show. Uh, just I just think you guys are great, and um, just what a, what a fascinating, fun time talking to you. I just really enjoyed every second of it.
1: Oh, I didn't feel like a interview. It felt like I was talking to a friend. So thank you for having me on.
0: Absolutely. And we'll have to do it again. Maybe I'll come out to California for the Parapod Festival too. I know that's, yes. uh, I'm on the mailing list now. So I'm like, I want to, well, and it's a great <laughs> yeah, way to
1: be on there. <laughs> well, it,
0: It's a it's a great way to learn about like other cool cutting edge podcasts. You know, I think I'm the shizzle out here in, in Omaha, but you know, like, uh, hearing all the, you know, the creatives that gather on the coast, you know, New York, LA, you know, like hearing what's going on. Um on there and what everybody's up to there. We like to pride ourselves in the Midwest of having this great work ethic and everything. And, but like we here in the Midwest, we like absorb what goes on in the coast too. So like, it's cool to see what, uh, what the, uh, the cool, the cool kids are doing on the coasts.
1: May I say something too, that when I went to the Midwest, um, which I haven't returned in a very long time because the last time I went to the Midwest, I went to go venture the House in the on the Rock or House in the Rock in Wisconsin, which is by far amazing.
0: But I, I must say- Sorry, sorry, sorry. I just went there last summer. I just went to the House I on the Rock. I love that place. It's I have to, to go be- back. It has to be haunted, right? It, you know,
1: it is, you know, oh you, you just felt it like it's, it's a, it's a, it's a damn house in a rock, and it has a bunch of old stuff. You know, that it has to be haunted by something. And, um, but I'm, a, I will say that when I went back to the Midwest last year, first time in 15 years, I was like, I was a little excited, like city girl being lost and immersed in like farmhouses and, um, cornfields. So I was all about that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if you venture this way again, uh, the has headquarters is about 90 minutes away from the Velisca Axe Murder House. Uh, oh, my God. About two hours from the Ferrar Haunted Schoolhouse and about two hours away from uh, the McIntyre Villa. In Atchison, Kansas, and the, and the Sally House.
1: I love Stephanie O'Reilly. Shout out to Stephanie. She's one of my friends. I love her. When when a when when a person provides you iced coffee and a cheese tray, like the first fifteen minutes that you meet, like that is fam for life. That was yeah. I love her. She's got um, that surprise, sweet like.
0: She's got that sweet, that sweet Southern Belle hospitality because she's from Texas. She, you know? I'm
1: like, are you sure? Yeah. I'm like, how are you living here? Like you just, you have like you embodied the Southern hospitality. Yeah. She's so sweet. I love her. And that place, I will say, you know, Sally House doesn't even hold a candle to McIntyre Villa. Not one bit. Like when I went to the Sally House, I, I literally... Almost fell asleep. But when I went to McIntyre Villa, I was like, I was like, Stephanie, I do not want to enter this room. My equipment was like dying. I'm like, <laughs> I, like my camera keeps on turning off. Like what the hell's going on? <laughs> for yeah, sure. it's insane. Her place, love her, and yep. love the house.
0: Yeah, she's a gem. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, thanks so yes. much for being on the show. We must, must keep in touch. and uh, Oh, we uh, will.
1: Don't worry. We're friends. <laughs>
0: we friends for life. Here we go. Everybody, it's been my <laughs> extreme, exquisite pleasure to have Tammy Merheb-Chavez from Holly Weird Paranormal Podcast on. You can catch her with Bryce Mitchell-Williams. Uh, it's You guys release, uh, I, I was a little disappointed. You guys went a couple weeks without a show a while back. So oh, I know
1: we've been busy with this live <laughs> show that we're actually, I'm going to upload it this Monday. So don't worry, right. <laughs> but this, yeah. I mean, we can talk about this later, but <laughs> I am burnt from it. I, I don't know how you do it, but <laughs> I am like, I'm man, I'm burnt.
0: <laughs> I'm a little bit insane, a little bit insane. Mm-hmm. So I bet. Anyway, I bet. What, what a treat to have you on and we'll have you on again. We'll talk soon.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Brian.
0: There we go, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Number 252, Historic Haunted Hollywood with Tammy Murhef Chavez. If you haven't listened to her podcast, uh, Holly Weird Paranormal, with her podcast partner, Bryce Mitchell-Williams, I invite you to do so. Love it. They do a great job over there on the best coast. Next up on Necronomicast, episode 253. I'm hunkered down in California. This time, the focus goes from paranormal to true crime with my next guest, David Kolchek, as we showcase his eighth book, Deadly California, Murders, Accidents, and Robberies Gone Wrong. You don't want to miss David Kolchak on the next episode of Necronomicast. I hope you're all having a relaxing and fun summer. It's been beautiful here in Omaha, Nebraska. And I invite you to make the trek out in October for Historic Haunted Heartland 2, The Spirits Speak. Details on the Necronomicast website. Tickets go on sale July 18th, something like that. But yeah, come out to Omaha. It's not California, but we love it. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a good night happy life thanks for listening now go get some sleep